Hey everyone, it's Matt and Lucas. We got a quick announcement for you. As some of you may have noticed, we've been kind of alluding to revamping the website a little bit um, and adding some new content on there. Super excited to announce as of this episode, we are officially live with the website. Go check it out. Thanks for playing .live. We got a lot of exciting written content on there from everything covering from, you know, our reviews like on Hogwarts Legacy, some think pieces, some reviews on games we're not even going to do for the podcast, but exclusive to the website like uh, Destiny 2's Lightfall and a lot of other great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. You know, uh, it's been a lot of work basically this year. Matt and I made it a big goal for the podcast to actually have more written content out there. Um, you know, for those of you who've been listening for a while, we've always been in growth mode, you know, trying to promote the yes. pod, trying to get our voices out there. And thanks for playing Dot .live. Um, we're looking to turn into a real content-driven website with, one, all of our regular reviews that we do. So you could always check there for basically the written version of every review we do for this podcast. But additional reviews that we don't have time for for the podcast that are covered by a wide variety of our contributors. Um, Hot Mickey, as you know, a contributor uh, Chambers, who's been on this, um, producer Sam, um, Hyalette, Orion, a uh, lot of great people, including some new voices who maybe you guys haven't heard of before. So check out Thanks for Playing Live for the latest and greatest in video game, nerd culture, movie, TV content. And we hope to see you there. Now for the episode. Hey everybody, it's Lucas, and this is Thanks for Playing, the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. And today, we have Mickey joining us. Say hello, Hot Mickey. What's up, everybody? And we have special guests we're so excited to have back on the show. It's been several years, but we got Jiggy. How's it going, what Jiggy? What up, everybody? We're, we're back. We're back. It has been. I think, actually, the last podcast I was on, we talked about... Breath of the Wild, yeah, I, or yeah. a different Zelda game. I, it was Breath, I think it was Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you're wearing your Breath of the Wild merch, your little shirt yeah. there. Love it. Um, yeah, it was uh, several years ago. We were kind of just getting the podcast off the ground, um, and man, it's it's cool just to, to sit down and talk to you again. Like, kind of in one of the most appropriate episodes here. You're a huge, huge Zelda fan. Now you've been streaming on Twitch, playing Zelda. Um, you want to talk about the Twitch channel for a little bit? Talk about the Jiggy Show. Yeah, yeah. So the Basically, for the last, I don't know, maybe uh, four months now, five months now, I've been doing a, a show called Zelda Wheel, where the idea is that I have all of the Zelda games on a big wheel, and then every time we hit a specific threshold of subscribers, so I think it's like 10, uh, we spin the wheel, and we stop whatever <laughs> we're doing in each game, and we have to move on to the next game. So the idea is that I have to beat every Zelda game, but... Well, one night I could play one game or one night I could play literally every game because it's all RNG based. Yeah. So it's been honestly the most fun I've had streaming in a long time. It originally started as like leading up to Tears of the Kingdom. And then basically it turned into, well, what if we played Link's crossbow training? Yeah. What if that was <laughs> I was going to say, is literally every Zelda game on here? You got like it's, crossbow training on there? I actually cut a few because I there are some I really don't like. Like I, I don't like Phantom Hourglass. Uh, I don't like, Whoa. uh, yeah, oh, that's, I know that's a hot take, but not really. Um, 
I, I four, don't like... You, you uh, have Four Swords on there? There's no way you got Four Swords on there. I had there. Four Swords on there, not Four Swords Adventures. Okay, okay, That's gotcha. The, the game, so I had the Game Boy one, but not the Game Boy or the GameCube one. But that one will get added if we, like, you know, get to it, you know? Gotcha. The, how, the, like, how does this work from, like, a logistics standpoint? Because you could be playing something on Game Boy, like, you got to switch to a GameCube. What, how, what are you doing? I have them all set up. Damn. <laughs> I got, a, I got a GameCube right next to me. I have uh, the Switch. Luckily, actually, you can play almost every Zelda game if you have a Wii U, uh, a Switch, and then the Nintendo 3DS. You can play everything. Yeah, I yeah. Think the only game you can't play would be... Uh, no, no, you can play... Yeah, you can Se- play every... Well, Seasons and Ages... You can play them on, on 3DS if you have them, or they're coming mm. to Switch next month. Um, and then, yeah, Four Swords Adventures, you have to have a Wii, so, because it's a GameCube game, so, okay, you, you, not a Wii, yeah, you have to have a Wii, too. (laughs) Didn't the Wii U shop close, though? Yes, it did. So, you you, you can't even buy it if you, like, want to do it now. (laughs) No, yeah, now, now you have to kind of wait, like, uh, Season of Ages will be on, on, uh, Switch VC very soon, uh, and then everything else you kind of have to like find, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, man, yeah. what a cool it's, concept it's a you got there. Though. Yeah. That's so, a, have you been playing Tears idea. of the Kingdom? You've been going through Tears of the Kingdom, and all of a sudden you have to jump over to like Ocarina or Majora's, like in the middle of playing Tears. So I've been waiting for Tears of the Kingdom, like most people, since the like seven years now or whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> however long the Switch yeah. has been around. So I I did not put. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom on the wheel. The way it works is that there are wheel days and then there are tears days. Um, and that's just because a lot of people have uh, still have not beaten the game yet. And so adding uh, Tears of the Kingdom to the wheel, in my opinion, was a little bit of an alienate, uh, alienation to the audience as, well, whenever we spun Tears, half the audience would be like, uh-oh, no yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoilers. I'm playing the game. So I separate them based on that. But the moment that I do beat tears, it will get added to the wheel. I, I already awesome. said like round two will be on the wheel. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, really cool. So where could the people find you on Twitch? Yeah. So you can actually find me everywhere uh, at uh, jiggy.live. So it's just J-Y-G-G-Y and then dot live. And that brings you right to the Twitch channel. And then that's where you can kind of branch off if you want to check out the YouTube or uh, TikTok's been big right now. TikTok is oh awesome. Is really awesome. big. I've been been streaming a lot on TikTok because they're they're new audience. You know. Yeah, love that, love that. Well, awesome. Today we'll be talking about obviously if everybody has read the title, um, Tears of the Kingdom, <laughs> The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, the highly anticipated sequel to Breath of the Wild. Uh, ten out of ten on IGN. Ten out of ten GameSpot. Uh, Ninety five out of hundred on Metacritic. Um, one of the highest reviewed games, if not the highest reviewed game uh, so far this year, and just a super anticipated sequel to one of the greatest games of all time. I think we could all agree on that one. Um, And just quick housekeeping here. um, If you guys want to watch Jiggy beat Tears of the Kingdom, check him out on Twitch. Um, We'll be talking about basically everything up until some of the story beats near the very, very end of the game, but we're going to be talking about a lot of heavy spoilers during this episode. So if you care about spoilers... Put it on pause. Uh, We'll be talking very heavy story stuff, except for the very end here. Um, And let's open up with some initial thoughts. Jiggy, 
kick us off here. What did you think? When did you get the game? How did you start playing it? Give us give us your initial thoughts here. So I actually, so I went to the Nintendo, I, I'm from New York. I went to the Nintendo New York store for the launch event. That's ooh, where I got to, ooh. like, basically, uh, everyone was there. It was uh, Jeff from the Game Awards was there. You had uh, Anuma. Oh, nice. You had Doug Bowser. You had all the the Nintendo brass. So I, I went to wow. that event, but I ended up not buying the game there because I already had it coming from Best Buy. And Best Buy lost my game and shipped it to georgia oh so not georgia yeah why georgia it was georgia (laughs) and so i would say i waited about a week before i actually got the game in hand and was able to start playing it and so that entire week i was just i I titled my stream uh (laughs) tears the kingdom uh free refugee camp like this like (laughs) it's great you know, no spoilers, you know, spoiler free zone. Let's play Ocarina of Time wheel, you know. <laughs> uh, and so it took me about a week. I waited a whole week uh, to play it because I wanted everybody who, you know, got it to actually be able to play the game. But uh, I think I mean, my first uh, initial thoughts booting up the game was just like I've been waiting for this game for so long and I have no idea how they're going to top Breath of the Wild. I had no idea same so i spent roughly four and a half hours just on like the first little island you know the the, the game's great plateau i don't know the tutorial area I, I i think i yeah. spent even longer on there i i also just <laughs> yeah. got absorbed there mm-hmm. it was it was just such a breath of fresh air but the game felt so similar and I, it's funny because the the before we booted up the game, I actually was playing Breath of the Wild. We did we did like um, one of the last Divine Beasts or something like that, and then moving to the game felt so fluent and like amazing. But then there were so many little things. I was like, wait a minute, what is this? <laughs> I'm I'm. Do you know how many times I I pressed? I think the uh, the up the up uh, D pad to try and change. My all the, that kept happening to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah was that was weird. Yeah, I mean, I I think I was absolutely floored, kind of from the very beginning. I loved the very opening sequence quite yes. a bit. They pulled a Metroid, like you start off with all the hearts and all the stamina and stuff, and then like you're like, oh man, something's gonna go down. I lose all these sword. hearts. Yeah, you start with everything. I thought that was an awesome, awesome choice because like. I'm so used to that, like with Metroid games and stuff. And it was just great to see it in like a little Zelda context there. And you genuinely felt like spooked, like, okay, where are we going in this little dungeon? Where are we? And the game kind of just kicks it off and then just like pedal to the metal right after that. Like you get like some crazy cinematics. Zelda disappears. Link the wakes ma- up. Link the gets, sword like, gets destroyed. Like, yeah, like, master like, just, how the fuck do you win this game? The master just, master just got destroyed. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. It was a really, really great. Go ahead, go ahead, Jiggy. My bad. Yeah, I I literally thought that we were gonna carry around the Master Sword for the entire yes. game and like slowly rebuild it because you start off it has like one damage. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, what's going on with this? I mean, yeah, like we we said, I still don't know. Uh, well, no, I know how we get it back, but like, 
I just thought we were going to carry it around the entire game, and I thought that was going to be like part of the fusion mechanic or something like Ooh, that. Ooh, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we got a we got a different. Ma- we'll talk about more of the Master Sword kind of storyline because I, yeah. I I really did love what happened with the Master Sword, but mm-hmm. um, just the initial moments that kick off the game, um, kind of seeing the mummified Ganon um, in the basement, like very Dude, very that, low depths so of Hyrule Castle. That so free, like, genuinely, like they did a great job. That looks scary as hell. Yeah, I yeah, was and then Link, Link gets like a, a tatted up like arm, you mm-hmm. know, and just looks different and cool. His hair's longer. I, I just loved like kind of seeing this like, new vision of like just Link from a just a look standpoint. You know, I thought he looked really different, really new, um, real fresh take. Especially like all the marketing for Breath of the Wild versus uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Like Breath of the Wild, Link is the Link that we've known and loved for seven years. And what's always fun about a new Zelda game is you kind of get a new version of Link. That's the Link in Smash. That's like the Link in like Nintendo cinematics and marketing moving forward. And this Link actually feels super different with like his hair down and his his arm. And I don't know. I just I always I I love seeing a new Link and this one did not disappoint. Even though he's technically the same Breath of the Wild Link, it was like fresh enough. You know, I really enjoy. Oh, that. I have so many theories on that nonsense. But <laughs> the what's funny to me is this is the the link in my in my opinion. Every link is different. You know, yeah. I, as somebody who's been playing every single game nonstop for the last like four months, <laughs> every link has different characters, and every every link has different like mannerisms and stuff that they they show up. But Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom Link, which I I do consider them to be one person. But, you know, it's more like a Marty McFly situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that. The what's crazy about it is this is the only link that feels very much like you're allowed to make link anything that you want. Like the it's it's such a player avatar that link himself doesn't really truly matter in this game and or in both games. And in retrospect, while that is really good for the player, I also look at that as, wait a minute, this is weird because every other link, like if you look at Wind Waker or Twilight Princess, they have these characters. They have, you know, these connections with characters. And while this link does, in reality, the characters have a connection more with the player than they do of Link. And there is mm. lore behind why he is the way he is. It's something to do with like his training. But in reality, he's also really stupid. Like when if you remove the player... <laughs> <laughs> and just look at Link. If Link was playing out this game, both games, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, Link's really dumb. Yes. Like, I'll use a really good <laughs> example that goes that. a little bit farther here. But there is a uh, quest line, uh, the mayoral campaign in Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh, I, I did do that. It's, yes, yeah. I, I did that. I did yes. it. It was great. Great quest line. Link does that entire thing to learn that he can take on and off his hood. That's it. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but you can I didn't realize that. Hood. I actually didn't realize that either. Yeah, you. So if you go back to I think her name's Cece, and you're wearing the Hylian hood, she says, "Do you want to take the hood off? It would look better if you took the hood off. You could still wear it. You have the cape. You have everything. But like Link's dumb, and he didn't realize he could put the hood down. What? So that's what I missed that part. That I missed that part wore. of the question. I never, I, I never wore the hood. During that, I also you know, thought I also thought that he should have taken his hood off. So this uh, is disappointing to learn now. Yeah. No. So like, <laughs> if, if you look at the concept art uh, of all Breath of the, or, or Tears of the Kingdom, he's actually he's... wearing the Hylian hood. Yeah. But it's down. Yeah. It's not up. And so the only way in the game to put the hood down is to do the mayoral like full on election campaign, and then have CC remind you, yeah, you can take it down. Wow. So it's 
Link's not smart, Something. as it turns That's out. Hilarious. Uh, no. Mickey, initial thoughts. Beginning of the game, intro level, yeah. great plateau version. I, I mentioned that I, I also spent like a crap ton of time just on the tutorial level, just like exploring the place. Like I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And then right when you're done with the tutorial stuff, and then you jump off the the great plateau area, the tutorial area, and just like the way it pans around all of Hyrule, I'm like, God, this is amazing. This is this is yeah. incredible. <laughs> this is so cool. And I think that was like when I really got hooked was during that opening sequence right there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I we like to ask this question too. Normally, you know, we do a lot of games on this show, Jiggy, and sometimes they're obscure games, indie games and things like that. One question we like to ask ourselves is like, when did it click? When did the game click? You know, and like, I think for this game, it's when did this sequel truly feel like, okay, this is well beyond the scope of Breath of the Wild. Um, for me, it was like, the fusion mechanic and the fusion mechanic was a big like one for me. getting the fusion mechanic and getting ultra hand and like when you when it, we kind of start off like really simplistic like oh i could put a fan on the thing and then go across the road. okay that's pretty cool i like that and then like all of a sudden like halfway through the game you're building the craziest stuff but when did it when did it click for you specifically jiggy did you say this is a little i mean i don't i don't know if it's a little bit farther than i think both of you uh but for me it really didn't feel like like true sequel like this is a you know all the mechanics are really really cool and i love all the new mechanics and they're all great I, the entire time i was every single time i was playing the game i was i was pressing uh the i think the 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 x button or the y button holding it to try and do revali's gale that yeah. didn't happen oh yeah i know uh miss revali's gale <laughs> i missed that one but so much for me the actual like that click moment like oh this is a this is a big game is uh my first time going down to the depths i knew oh, yeah first, man so great my first time going down to the depths and there was another another map the 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 third map of the game and i said i said to chat i was like oh yeah this this game's really big <laughs> because they <laughs> didn't advertise it they didn't I advertise know. the depths at all genius Genius. It was crazy. I, I, I thought that was great, a great move. It was like truly a surprise. Like when I went to the first Chasm and I was like, Chasm? Chasm? Still don't know chasm. how to pronounce that one. Chasm, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I went to the first Chasm, went down there and I thought it was just going to be a little side quest thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, is this the map? Is this the whole thing? And then you kind of realize that they just pulled a Dark World Zelda thing where you have a complete mirror to the surface of Hyrule inside of this whole depth thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I uh, had, like, something very similar. Like, when we go down to the depths of the first time, I was like, okay. I was like, what's in this hole? I, I'm just going to dive in. And like, I was like, oh, my God, this is deep. Why am I still falling? Why can I dive down like I'm falling from the sky? And it's just going down, down, down. And then just pitch black. I'm like, what the hell? And then I I find, like, the little flower thing that lights up the room, lights up, and realize only just a teeny tiny portion of the map. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> that's all he got yeah. me <laughs> yeah yeah and like they introduced uh the seeds bright bloom seeds yes. in the very beginning tutorial area because there's like a dark cave that you have to go down mm -hmm. and then you realize wow i'm gonna need a lot of these things down here because literally the whole map is pitch black and i thought it was incredible so that's when it that's when it clicked for you jiggy just yeah, like for me, sequel it was, zone it was like I went down into the depths for the first like quest thing, um, and I saw the entire map was also had underground, and I was like, "Oh, 
oh, this is a lot of game. <laughs> this, is a, this is a lot. I mean, we yeah. thought Breath of the Wild was a lot of game, but Tears is three times the game. It's nuts. Yeah, like, and I, I do. I think the, I think the only time, the only thing, like the criticism from that that I got was very much like it is a lot harder to find shrines in the entire game. It's a very hard to find shrines. It is. Um, but then I learned that every every single like light bloom or whatever down like the big light bulbs in the ground they are yeah, underneath, underneath the shrine yeah. So I, yeah i i found that yeah. out super late like i was just like going because <laughs> i ended up finding every single uh bloom in the depths light the, light root the light the light root i ended up finding every oh, single light, one of yeah. those and then i was like flipping back and forth between uh the surface and the depths to like try to like find like where to enter stuff and i was like wait a second all these line up exactly <laughs> with one of the light blooms like and I see there are shrines I'm missing. Oh, I can just go here now. You can clue yourself yeah, in. It really com- like they they, they complement each other. But all three of the the levels or the worlds really complement each other. Yeah, you know? yeah. I loved that. Like late in the game, and we can we can switch over to to game design uh, here on our next segment. But for me, I just loved how this turned into just so- such a solid gameplay loop of like you know the only place to fr- find. Bright Bloom Seeds were in caves. You had to go and find and discover caves and go in there and like fight new monsters and like climb walls and like ascend through stuff to collect a bunch of seeds to go into the depths to mine for Zonite to like increase your battery to build more devices. So like all these little things were actually really connected. And like one way to explore the deck safe depths safely is to get Sundalions. The only place to find Sundalions is in the sky. So it's like you're kind of flipping through these like different places like on a regular basis to keep exploring more things, finding more treasures in the depths, expand your batteries, um, like use it to find more shrines, which helps you expand your stamina and your and your hearts and stuff. So it truly felt like throughout the whole game, I was always making progress in something uh, oh, like very like a tra- little, little, little bit more to what we would expect from like a traditional open world type thing where there was like a lot of different currencies, a lot of different systems, a lot of different types of upgrades where in Breath of the Wild, it was just like stamina and hearts. And then you could like find more weapons and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But here there was like batteries, there was like pose, you know, there's kind of always something to find. Um, that's why, that's what I thought was, was incredible. But, um, yeah. Anything There's about? There's still some I don't even know about. Oh yeah. Just, what the? What's the the sages? Uh, Sage wills. Will or, yeah. I yeah. only have two of those. I have one dungeon left of the game. I only have two of them, and I have no idea what they're for. That's, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you do. do won't, won't spoil that one for you, but um, find more. They're pretty cool. <laughs> try to see if you can find more. There's stuff I don't know either. There was like stuff. There was Hylian tablets that I was not never able to translate. I didn't oh. find the quest. Yeah, I also didn't find the um, I've I found like three of those things. I could, I couldn't find out how. The, yeah, he's in Times Square. I just I just I call it Times Square. Yeah, I, I, what's time? I, I mean, wait, wait. Times Square as in the 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 whatever the, the town the in the city. middle. The, the, the yeah, like, I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Where the very where the very yeah, first uh, big tower is. Oh, yeah, uh, throughout playing is always go back there and you'll always like if you don't know where to go, go back there because you'll find a quest or you'll find somebody who will point you in a direction. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing that they did really well, in my opinion, going to the game design part of this, you know, like they did a really good job of giving NPCs 
like a reason to exist whenever i think of an open world game I, I look at like skyrim or i look at like even any kind of bethesda game and usually npcs are like hello or i, I used to be an adventurer like you and i just got an arrow to the knee but in tears every single like npc kind of gives you a direction or something that you can do whether it's like go I, I i really like this tree and then you go to the tree and there's a treasure chest under the tree yeah or it's even better like uh let's go look at uh, you know a giant chasm and in, in that you know something like that yeah it's crazy yeah and they weren't just straight up formal quests too which i like a lot where mm-hmm. it's like hey uh i think let me just mark something on your map there's like a treasure there or something i mm-hmm. think or like sometimes it would just be like the the horse gods. I don't know if you guys went to a lot of stables in the game. Yes. I I found out that a, a lot of people actually didn't really use the stables because they're. It's crazy how <laughs> unnecessary stables become and horses in general in this game. It's kind of nuts how oh, yeah. antiquated they get really quickly. But, um, you know, there's like a whole stable system with rewards points and stuff like that, and a bed you could sleep in. There's um, even a questline like, for them too. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah, like I a, that was really cool to like get, incentivize you to like to go to all the stables. I did. did I did enjoy the, that. You did the journalism. Yes. The journalism. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, lucky, lucky Clover Gazette. Was that the yeah, name I think, of the newspaper or something? I think that was it. That was With a pretty the, cool uh, one. Launchpad McQuack. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of. Uh, I don't know his actual name. I would just call him Launch Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> the bird. Launchpad. The bird. Yeah. The yeah. Not cats. Was, you know. Yeah. 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 He was great. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's so many little like NPC things or like NPC interactions of like they're really giving you subtle clues of where to go next or where you might find something. But it's not like a it doesn't become a quest line or anything like that. And I think that's really cool because there are plenty of quests formally, too. But then there's those little moments. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of Dark Souls, like Dark Souls would have quests that you would do, but they wouldn't like give you a place to go on the map. They would just say like, here's a bunch of lore. Maybe you can decipher this Um, where tears is a little bit more Nintendo. So yeah, it's easier to decipher, but yeah, not every little thing is the quest. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I want to talk real quick about the new abilities um, in game design. And um, specifically, I want to talk about Ascension um, or the ability to ascend. So For me, one of the bravest abilities you could throw in as a game developer. I mean, you literally, once you make a decision to throw that in, the player can do it whenever they want. It's like, how did they, I'm thinking to myself, like, how did they build the whole game around this? Like, they had to design dungeons differently. And I I thought to myself, man, when I get to that first dungeon, this ascend thing is probably going to break the, like, there's, it's going to be a little easier or whatever. But like, wow, how balanced the yeah, the it was mechanic so well is. thought out. Like, I kept trying yeah. to find ways to like cheese some stuff, and like, I very rarely was successful in that plight. Yeah, I yeah. actually think it's the worst mechanic in the game. Really? Okay, that's let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So I love ascend, uh, but I always compare ascend to Revali scale. And when I look at Revali's Gale, Revali's Gale, all it is is you go up and then you can figure it out. Where Ascend, you have to like find a lip or something. And yeah, there is like cool ways to cheese it. But in reality, my brain doesn't work that way. I always think, okay, how do I get there? Because I'm not used to having that mechanic at my disposal. And so 
chat is always constantly reminding me you have a send you, yeah. you have a send and i think but i don't need it i could just go up there with a bomb you know bomb jumping i don't know how much bomb jumping you guys did I, no, but I did not know could, how to bomb jump really <laughs> you put a you put a bomb on your shield and do a shield did, jump and you could just did quite a bit yeah, yeah i did quite a bit it's but like the whole point is is like i i love a scent but every time i wanted to use a scent they would find a reason for me to you know they make it balanced enough that i wouldn't get to use it so i don't know for me it just looked it, it was like it was like they kind of dangled a shiny thing in front of us but the shiny thing is just tinfoil you know what i mean okay okay i i, I, I also to, forgot I, about uh, a sense so many times like i would just be stuck at I a place too. for like 10 minutes and then like the moment i realized i need to use a scent i'm like god damn it i, I had yeah. this the entire time <laughs> I I did like I think at its best it was a really cool like shortcut tool to escape like I I went through a point in the game where I just tried to find every possible cave that I could yes. and just like amassed bright bloom seeds and I just went through caves and like you would just kind of venture through an entire cave and then just ascend out and all of a sudden you're in a brand new like kind of zone mm -hmm. and you're like okay well I haven't been here yet let's just start exploring here and I think that was pretty cool um, it was used in some interesting ways during shrines but it was a little bit Shrines are, are I, I, want, I want to go into shrines a little bit during game design. Yeah. Shrines are, are interesting because, uh, I don't know, they're uh, they're fun to do. They're great to kind of just go back to and keep doing. But they're, they're like, uh, they're kind of in their own little vacuum. You know what I'm saying? Where like, I like to think about like the world that you're in and go, okay, how is Ascend going to affect my world in a way that I want it to do, in a way that I want it to be affected, you know? Whereas like, a shrine is very like you have to use ascend right here. It becomes like a, actually a very linear tool where it's like you're just trying to find the right angle to ascend inside of a shrine. Um, yeah, I actually really like. I didn't this. think of it that way. I actually really like the shrines because it taught you new ways how to use all of your abilities. Like uh, one, yeah, that's true. One I never really used, even like well after you doing several shrines, like the time one. It's like I I almost never use that in the real world, but uh, it got Ooh, me. I used it all the time. It got me uh, using That's the like fusion the most weapon. Broken one though. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah. it got, the time it is. one. The time one's the most broken one because it entirely has to do with the physics of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So like you could you could do nonsense with that thing. You can. Like my favorite was in a shrine, put a bomb underneath of a platform, have the have the platform fly across the shrine, rewind it, and then just ride it over. Like that was never, a big one, so yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you would never think about it. That's yeah, the thing I never about, think about, about that stuff. Game. And so, like, I, stuff That's, stuff like that goes over my head when you, people are trying to like break gaming mechanics like that. Like, I don't look for that kind of stuff. I try to play the game like as like the game presents itself, and I don't look for like weird ways. So that's why I never use the time uh, the time mechanic. I'm the total opposite. <laughs> I'm the total opposite. Like for me, it's just like if I can, I love that feeling of doing something that in my mind maybe is not the correct way to do it. So there were so many times during shrines or during like boss battles or something where chat would just freak out because I would do something and they're just like, do you have a galaxy brain? What is going on? <laughs> I never yeah. thought to use, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. That's just what I thought to do. I don't, yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's like I think, you said, oh, use Ascend throughout the shrines. I There were so many shrines that I was just like, oh, wait, I was supposed to use a shrine there, you know, Ascend, ascend there. Yeah. I just bomb jumped up or used time or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I think what was what was really cool was that like there, well, in a lot of ways, there was basically every shrine was like 
did I do that right? I think I did. I guess I did. All right. Well, it's done. So I did it. And like, there's always a little bit of like, did I break it? Did I do it correctly? And then the, the other thing with the abilities is like, one thing I'm, I'm realizing too, I think all of us maybe can agree with this is like, the game is speaking its own language so much that like, I just forgot some things existed because I'm like, this doesn't exist in any other game. Like Ascend, never been in it. It's never even remotely been a mechanic in another type of game in this sense like the time rewind it, it's like that's never existed in the game either. So certain things like, uh, you know, you get a certain type of elemental weapon with Link or you get a certain type of shield, something that can reflect something. You're like, okay, I've seen this game mechanic in something before. But in Tears, it was like there were some skills and abilities in the core of the game that you could use anytime you want that were just so unfamiliar that you just forgot about them. And like, that, I think that's pretty a testament to like how they were innovating on so many different levels, you know, where you're like, wow, like I forgot about Ascend. Why did I forget about it? Well, because it's never been in a game before, really. So <laughs> they're speaking a new language over here. Brain doesn't um, think that way. Yeah. Uh, all right. A few questions for you guys yeah. in game design. Favorite Zonai device? Mickey, you can uh, you can go first on this oh, one. Hmm. It might be uh, the, I think it's the electric laser one. I forget what it's called. But uh, just the unicorn horn the uni- thing, yeah, unicorn laser. Thing. <laughs> it's just called they, laser, right? Uh, they came in handy a ton when you go into the shrines where they they take away all of your equipment. There's usually one somewhere in there, so if you find it and you turn it on, you just pick it up and you just point it at all the Zonai uh, guardians, and they just all get evaporated, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Good answer. I, I didn't think honestly, I didn't think I'd get that one out of you, Mickey. But Jiggy, what what's your favorite Zonai device? I think mine's pretty uh, basic, but you give me a rocket in a video <laughs> game. I mean, come the rocket's on, hilarious. Dude. You give me a like the sky's the limit, literally, with the rocket. So yeah, uh, that was the the only thing that I really duplicated when the duplication glitch was a big deal. Was I just made a, hundreds of rockets because I knew I was going to use them constantly. Nice, nice. Yeah, the rocket. The rockets are really close second for me, but I got to go with the steering wheel. Uh, oh, the steering for, wheel for was my pick. very helpful. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. like because because what the steering wheel doesn't come super super quick in the beginning of the game, and like or unless you just go straight to that area where it's widely available. Yeah. But I remember when I got the wings, I actually I was like, okay, I get to ride on some wings and like basically glide for a little while without using stamina in some of the sky areas. And I was like, man, you know, it'd be really cool is if I could like steer this thing because I have to like <laughs> use my weight to like uh-huh. walk around the the glider, you know. And then you make like your first car wheel based vehicle and you're like, oh, this thing just goes straight. I can't like do it. Man, I really wish I had a steering wheel. And then like I got it and I was like, oh, my God, the, the building just opens up with this steering wheel. So I, I thought that was a really cool little thing there. Um, So one thing I did also want to ask and Jiggy, this is a um, question mostly targeted at you. Uh, where does this fit? with other Zelda games? Cause you know, I heard, I heard some interviews from the developers and the Nintendo team talking about this and how, you know, when you made, when they made Ocarina of Time, now there's a new template for a Zelda game, what a Zelda game looks like, you know, 3d dungeon crawly, um, very specific story beats that they hit, things like that. Now moving forward, I mean, what possibly could the next Zelda game look like? Where does this leave us? Are you talking? So you're talking gameplay wise, right? You're not talking about gameplay wise, you know? Yeah, yeah, gameplay wise. Yeah, story. I think we're still a little convoluted on story, right? Do we know where this is at? Well, we'll we'll ask that question. I I have like nine different theories, but you know. (laughs) 
Uh, if we're talking gameplay, one one thing that Nintendo has stated and other uh, other people have stated, and I'm also very much in this boat, is that this modern version of Zelda, if this modern version, this Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, you can even kind of trace it back to a little bit of Skyward Sword, but then mostly actually a link between worlds. Uh, I always I, I lend the entire success of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom to The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds on the Nintendo 3DS because the way that that game worked was very simple. You had a you had a house in the middle of the of the map and you could buy any item in the entire game at the house. And the idea was you could go do any dungeon in any order, whatever way you wanted to play the game, you could play the game. It was a top-down Zelda game, but you could play the game any way you wanted. It was really the true first open world Zelda game. I know that like you could trace that all the way back to link to the past or even zelda one right. is an open world zelda game but the thing about tears and breath of the wild but mostly tears is there is no such thing as no in the games you the player have full control over however you want to do the puzzle however you want to uh experience the story how much of the story you want to experience how much of the the grind do you want to experience you can do you can tailor the experience to what you want as the player and it's funny because i so i've been playing a lot of uh the minish cap lately because i've been uh playing that at a charity event yeah well wheel and i'm also playing it at a charity event um next month and it's so frustrating to go back from Tears of the Kingdom to one of those classic style Zelda games because there's only one solution to the puzzle. And if you don't know it or you don't figure it out right off the bat, you feel stupid. <laughs> Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, especially Tears of the Kingdom, makes everybody feel so freaking smart because you could do anything. So the Nintendo really has stated that they don't want to go back to that that format of uh, of limiting limiting the players to one solution or something they want to experiment and bring aspects that players liked from that that format and put it into this new format so yeah. personally i think we're gonna get one more it's gonna be a trilogy i think okay um, one more breath of the wild tears of the kingdom style game i don't think it'll be on the switch but we can talk about that too yeah i was i was gonna say do you think like there is a wide enough audience at this point that is craving a more linear zelda experience like like a skyward sword like a twilight princess ocarina like is there one a big enough audience that still wants that sort of game and two do you think that those are going to become second fiddle type zelda games maybe like those are just a different kind of line or a different top-down zelda game Less resources, less big, but more linear. Do you think that could happen in the future? Yeah. they. If you want to go play a linear Zelda game, last year they came out with Skyward Sword HD on the Nintendo <laughs> <laughs> right. He's holding it up and everything. <laughs> they also came out with The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which was a Game Boy game that they re-released right. for the Nintendo Switch. These are linear, fun puzzle experiences that were modernized for, for people that like that. If you're a Zelda fan, you're a Zelda fan. That's the way I look at it. I, I don't look at it as in one's better than the other. I think that they can coexist. It's just more of, well, what what do you want? You know, this yeah. is the way they want to move in the direction of the of the uh, of the series. You're going to get remakes and reimagines and all that of, of past games that are going to scratch your itch. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One of the best Zelda games I've played was actually the Wind Waker HD remix that 
eventually came out on Wii U. I thought that was like a great definitive addition. So Zelda remakes and remasters are are great. <laughs> Nintendo does a really good job with those. Yeah. And um, I do think in the future we are going to get like a more linear based new title. I know that's what everybody's whole thing is. They're just like, we want a new linear Zelda game. That's fine. You know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm really happy right now. Let's just say that I love. I the, am too. Jump Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I no. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm a happy camper with where they're at right now. Absolutely. Um, moving on to art style, real quick. So I want to preface this real quick. I've been. I've been on TikTok looking at my TikTok feed, and man, do I get upset when people talk about the game like not looking a certain way. I think like I don't know about you guys. Like there's a guy. I forget the streamer's name, but. He was like, oh, yep, the game still doesn't look good or the game still looks like shit or whatever. Talking about like just the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom art style and just like kind of that non-realism view that it is. Um, first of all, how do we feel about the art style now on this particular game? Um, Breath of the Wild did come out, I mean, along uh, seven, six years ago. Um, looks very similar. Um, does this something that bo- is this something that bothers us or is this something we don't really care, care about? Or did some of that bad frame rate stuff really... Uh, ruin the experience but i want to know your thoughts jiggy what you got uh tears of the kingdom is running on a piece of hardware that came out in 2017 (laughs) that is actually running on a that is actually the equivalent of barely an xbox 360 okay the the nintendo is going to possibly very very high likelihood get game of the year on a game that runs at 720p, 30 FPS, when you're lucky, okay? Yeah. <laughs> there is, like, it is a statement that they are, like, kings of their craft when it comes to gameplay. But, yeah, the the game the game itself is not the highest resolution or highest frame rate. But if you're, if, if you're, you're dumb if you don't think it looks pretty, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. everything is beautiful I agree. Yeah, in the I, game. I think it looks gorgeous. You know? I think, uh, like everything like has their purpose like it's everything's like easily distinguishable uh the monsters like look how like nintendo wants you to feel about them like with the bogoblins like they they're just like these goofy little uh uh, wall ceiling things like monkey like (laughs) things i think those are super funny but like they're meant to be a little goofy but like also like a little terrifying but the way they portray portray their monsters is really cool I completely agree. I I think one thing, one thing that I've been trying to, because there's like a lot of haters out there, you know, just on the interwebs, Mm -hmm. just like going like, oh, this game doesn't look that great. This is running on older hardware and stuff. And just when you think about sheer costs, right? Like the Switch, three hundred dollars. It's there's cheaper versions of the Switch out now that run this game. And like, if you ever want to compare, like a sixteen hundred dollar, two thousand dollar PC rig running something on Unreal Five. And you want to compare it to Breath of the Wild, you can, but you're not making a fair comparison. Are you comparing it to Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild? You're just not making a fair comparison because one is a substantially more affordable piece of hardware. Um, and also, it's it's strange to, like, hate on Nintendo for this accomplishment. I mean, in, in, it is an accomplishment. Like, the game was, like, optimized and coded on very, like, older hardware, older engines that exist now. And it's running perfectly fine for basically everybody's general experience with the game. I see people try and crash it and do some crazy stuff, but it's it's just people people just doing crazy stuff, you know. I think your average player is mostly having a, a fine experience playing this with this game, and they made it run like on a system we all have. I mean, imagine a lesser developer might have said, "Hey, 
you got to buy the new console, which is coming out, and it's a little bit more expensive, and it's stronger, and blah, blah, blah. But hey, the new game runs on that one. And it's like, no. Like, we all have Switches. We got the sequel. It's better. It's bigger. And it has some frame rate issues here and there, which I, I personally never really minded. Um, but I think Nintendo, and also it's like 17 gigs, right? It's like yeah, really when, small. But a lot of games are like over yeah. 100 gigs now. It Having just a 17 gig game is just incredible with how massive the incredible. game is. Street Fighter 6 or something like that. The newest Street Fighter game is like 200 something gigabytes. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and the uh, the new Star Wars game, the the Survivor, was 280 gigabytes. It was like the second biggest Dude. like biggest game of all time. <laughs> so ridiculous. And I'm now. like, N- Nintendo <laughs> made a game that I've already sunk almost uh, like almost five or six hundred hours into that can run on a one hundred dollar Switch Lite. Yeah, one hundred dollar Nobody like you're one hundred percent right. The fact that that they can say, hey, this title, I'm holding it in my hand. Is is massive. You will get hours upon hours of enjoyment out of it. It is whatever you want to do, and the the barrier of entry is sometimes an eighty dollar used Nintendo Switch Lite <laughs> and know, under right? the same. Yeah, yeah. What? Low barrier to entry. That's exactly right. It's like a, a reasonable barrier to entry, right? Because there's like you know people just like I, I mean I'm like creating straw men here, but like on TikTok, you know I see quite a bit of people that are really really big on graphics and performance. Um, optimizing performance on PC games and things like that. And it's just, this game just isn't about, like, it, we're just not speaking that language. Nintendo's not speaking that language. They never have. So it's it's yeah. crazy to me to, to kind of go that way. But um, I, I like the game, art style for everything that it was. And I think, like Mickey said, it really suits, like, the level of humor in the game, the cartoonish violence sometimes in the game. I mean, like, it, I, when when you attach like a spring to a shield uh-huh. and like a bokoblin goes Looney Tunes like like springs off your shield and it's really funny ragdoll effect just makes them go flying. The the graphics like the level that we're seeing the game at it, it suits some of that cartooniness to it. And I think that the game like one thing that's that a lot of games a lot of games take themselves very very seriously. And there's moments where this Zelda game takes itself seriously, but there's moments also where it does not take itself too seriously. Um, both with story beats and animation and things like that. And the art style, the look of the game, just fits all that absolutely perfectly. Um, so cool. Glad we uh, glad we spoke to the haters out there on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Sound design. How are we feeling about sound design music? How are we feeling about this compared to other Zelda music soundtracks in the past? How are we feeling about the weird female voice actors just making weird noises whenever you talk to them that make everybody uncomfortable? Mickey? Feelings? Uh, I enjoyed the soundtrack a lot. Uh, I think that like it made like a lot of like satisfying noise, like mainly with like attacks. And I think the even like the weapons breaking uh sound effect was like, I love the I love that weapon breaking the weapon sound. breaking sound is so good. <laughs> and like when you can time when the weapon's gonna break to when you throw it and you just see it shatter on the monster. I think it's just so cool. That was cool. It's so cool. And I think the music yeah, too, I- just them uh like reimagining some of their classic songs too into Tears of the Kingdom to fit uh its vibe was just so nice and like a little bit nostalgic and just hear this new iteration of those songs like Zora's Domain you can see that uh you can see, like at the actually I'm not gonna say that part that's towards the end I played I played I did I did uh Super Mario Sunshine the Super Mario Sunshine the what yeah 
That's Zora's domain. It's Super Mario Sunshine. No, 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 no. Oh, oh. No, no, no. I was about to bring up another example, but you haven't gotten to that. Late part. in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's wait. Okay, let's okay. let's okay. hold off. Yeah, I did. I called. Yeah, I called the. <laughs> It literally is Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, that was. I thought that was yeah. awesome. I I, I love that area. But yeah, yeah Jiggy, what would you think? Uh, just overall sound design on this one. So uh, there, it's very interesting because a lot of people are complaining because they really did just take Breath of the Wild's soundtrack. They have all the same travel songs, like everything, and then they just added to it, which is fine. I, I'm fine with that 100%, you know. Um, but the little things is what really got me. There's like little motifs here and there. There's a lot of like little details that you would never, ever expect. But then when you hear them, if you're a big nerd, you're like freaking out. So yeah. like there's little, little things like such as now whenever I don't know if you you, you all notice this, but whenever you cook. Link actually hums, hums. a classic <laughs> like song, a Pona song from Ocarina of Time, a little bit of Zelda's theme, the Skyward Sword theme. You never like there's all these little tiny musical moments that just are very, very special. Um, and like when the Master Sword breaks, it plays like this downbeat, really sad version of Fi's theme from Skyward Sword. Oh, I did know, not know that. Fi is the, is the Master Sword. There's a lot of these little things that you you listen and hear uh and you won't you, you won't notice them but that's what makes it special so nintendo's always good at music you know yeah and, and same with yeah sounds, they, they did know? a fantastic yeah. job just paying nice homages to their previous games like so many of the previous games can be found in tears of the kingdom and like little easter eggs it's so nice and it's, been, it's like it's like oh my god i know what this is like uh i haven't i haven't found majora's mask somewhere in the yeah. depth it was so cool yeah, that was cool. I, I think um, one thing that Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom really did really well with sound was they really saved the main Zelda theme till the right moment. Yes. Like in Breath of uh -huh. the Wild, you hear it when you go to the castle and like it's you, you hear like a lot of nature sounds, a lot of naturalistic sounds through much of Breath of the Wild. And then you finally hit like that area and it's like the main Zelda theme kicks in and Tears of the Kingdom, it, it kicks in during, during some pretty key moments during some cinematics and stuff. I won't, I won't ruin too much more, but... Um, yeah, I, I really love how they really save some of those key, key themes um, in their music. So that's really cool. Um, all right. Almost there. NPC award. Uh, I'll start this one okay. off. Uh, and this is a spoiler, uh, but Jiggy got there. So NPC award. I'm going to go with Zelda. Zelda's the goat in this mm -hmm. game. Zelda makes the ultimate sacrifice um, in order to get Link the Master Sword. Honestly, and this is my, I'm going to say it already for favorite moment. Getting the Master Sword so cool. in Tears of the Kingdom oh was one of the sickest video game moments of all time and one of my, if not my favorite, all-time Zelda moment. It was so awesome to go through and gather all those different tears and then the revelation of, oh my god, where is what I think is going to happen happening. Zelda's the dragon, Master Sword's on the dragon's head. Get the like, it, it I thought that was the coolest it thing It made ever. me a little <laughs> mad that like... uh when in one of the memories, uh, Minoru is talking about like if you swallow the tear, you become an eternal dragon. So like I was just thinking like that was a metaphor, like that was a metaphor the entire time. Like something else actually happens. <laughs> like no, you literally become a fucking dragon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's my NPC award. Jiggy, what about you? Oh, mine. Oh man, this one's uh, this one's a little bit challenging, but uh. I, I gotta go with Hudson, you know? Uh, Hudson from <laughs> Hudson's Construction. 
Um, love it. I love the the Terrytown arc in this game. Uh, they really truly took like the the fun little side quest from Breath of the Wild that everyone like you know the like only really big side quest in Breath of the Wild, and they just made it this really really like touching story about his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was just a lot of fun and and you get rewarded by being able to spend thousands of dollars that your rupees that you don't have on a house, you know, yeah, (laughs) over leverage yourself for sure. Uh, you know, speaking of just talking about the art style and stuff like Hudson's family and especially his daughter, like that's a moment of like real humor where he's like, somebody says like, yeah, it's the best of me. She's the best of me and my husband. She's literally like has Hudson's hair with her mom's Uh hair color. She look, it's so funny. It's like when I noticed that, I was like, "Okay, that's hilarious," and I it, it totally works because of the cart some of the cartoony nature in the game. But yeah, that was a great NPC award. I, I, I love Hudson. Didn't expect to get Hudson on this one. Uh, Hot Mickey. Well, who do you think I was gonna pick? I don't uh, know. I don't know. One of the you know one of the mainline people. <laughs> I guess. Like, that's fair. That's fair. Pura or you know uh, Pura's up there. Pura, I was close. Pura, you were really Pura's, Pura's great. Number Pura, two Pura's really me. good. Yeah. Pura holds it down, man. Pura's like really yeah. doing a lot in this game in the whole plot. <laughs> she really is. Yeah. Uh, Mickey, who you got? Uh, I, I have two for this one. One one's like my actual like I think like most badass person in the game, and the one I is just another character I just enjoyed finding throughout the whole story. So the first one I'm going to say is Riju. The I'm not going to go too much into detail since uh, Jiggy hasn't done the Gerudo Desert section. But yeah, but Riju, I just, she's my favorite by far of all of the sages that you find out. Like, I think she's just the most natural of them all. And like how her her confidence also exudes. It doesn't feel like fake confidence either. Like I get from like Yunobo and Tulin. Like I, those those (laughs) two annoy me so much. Deep analysis over here, Mickey. Yunobo especially annoys the (laughs) fuck out of me. But I turn him off. Turn off. I do. He's the only one I know. Like he's a bomb, so it's nice to have a bomb. But like, I don't know. I turn him. I turned him on when I'm mining under in the yeah, depths. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, super useful. Yeah, he, he is yeah. very yeah. useful when you need to go through mining in the depths uh, in the caves. Otherwise, in the middle of the combat, he is very annoying because you just click on him mm-hmm. and like you yeah. all of a sudden turn slow. I, like, also, oh, dude, I don't, I don't yeah, like Tulin yeah. a lot uh, in combat either, so I usually just keep uh, Sidon and oh, Sidon is also really cool uh, of the sages. Sidon and Viju are both awesome, but the other yeah. one I want to refer to just very nice seeing this person throughout all of Hyrule was Addison, the sign guy you find throughout all of <laughs> uh, Hyrule. Like at uh, first, I didn't like him at <laughs> all, but the mo- I keep finding him and seeing like just like how much of his crap like he just cares so much about uh his company uh and just wants to put all these signs up throughout and then he gives you like a lot of stuff he gives you like he gives you rupees he gives you twenty dollars yeah, a meal twenty dollars a meal twenty dollars and a meal and then, like right. uh twenty dollars and, and then, a meal. like either, sometimes he gives you bomb flowers sometimes he gives you like a ticket to the stable he he just gives you three different things and and uh the signs aren't all the same either like what resources you have around to like help it stand up so it's like really a nice little puzzle for each one to figure out how to make it standing up uh once addison lets go of it but that was a nice little thing i enjoyed doing as i was going through all of hyrule i i went through the entire game not doing a single sign (laughs) i like didn't get it i like didn't understand it i like went to him once 
and he dropped it. And I was like, what the, f- why'd he drop it? <laughs> and then I was like, like halfway through the game, I was like, oh, you're supposed to, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, well, it's too late now. I'll just, I'll just move on. Yeah. All, all the food <laughs> he gave me was very team. nice because I did not like stopping to cook. <laughs> oh, see, I cooked a lot. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't. Sorry, what Okay, go for it. My, in my head, Cannon Addison was sent away from Hudson because he kept messing up all the builds. So he's just like, "All right, go put all these signs around Hyrule. Get out of here." Um, moving on to uh, favorite moment. I talked about mine, Master Sword, uh, Jiggy. What do, what do you got for favorite moment? I know you're not fully finished with the game, but favorite moment so far, shall we say? Like, favorite moment altogether. I, it actually, for me, it, it was a really scary moment. There was a there was a really scary moment for me. I first went into the lost woods we did I, I i was like oh i gotta go get the master sword you know i'm sure it's in the lost woods whatever you know went to the lost woods and everything was all dead and whatever Dark. and all i kept thinking was there's a dungeon inside the great deco tree this is gonna be ocarina <laughs> of time I'm so excited and so i went into the great deco tree and i go down and i see the scary the hands the the yes. the, 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 the hands and then I, I bombed the hands because I was like, I don't want to deal with this. And then all of a sudden, freaking Phantom Ganon for the first time. And I freaked out. That was one of the coolest <laughs> moments was just Phantom Ganon at the beginning. Like, I know other people, like, found him throughout the, the, the land. But for me, the first time was inside the, like, stomach of the Great Deku Tree. And that was, like, an amazing experience. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. Did you beat him right then really and there? Under- yeah, what? I'm sorry. Did you did you beat him then and there? Or did you have to try it a few I times? I did beat him there. I was very under health <laughs> and everything. I didn't have anything, but we we bet we beat him. Nice, know? nice. I also I had a very similar experience finding those hands. I was in a random ass cave. Uh, there was a shrine inside the cave, and as I got out of the shrine, I just see a bunch of the gloom around, and I jumped down, and all of a sudden, I just hear the music streams like, "What? What the fuck's happening?" And I just see a bunch of hands pop up, and they're fucking fast. They're so fast. I'm like, yeah, they're, what they're the tough. Fuck? I died <laughs> so many times just trying to deal with the hands. Yeah. I was, and, I, and I just gave them like, okay, I'm just going to bomb bomb the shit. Just bomb, bomb, bomb. And I, yeah. I didn't have that many bombs. I was very, this is very close to the beginning of the game where I found these hands. And then after mm-hmm. I finally dealt with the hands, I was like, oh, thank God. And then I see Phantom Ganon arise. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. I like, I think the closest I got to killing it was like getting it to a quarter of its health. But I had no more weapons after that. All my weapons are gone. My bow was gone. I couldn't fight it anymore. I'm like, I, I just can't do this anymore. I can't do this now. <laughs> Tough. Did you guys have, at this point in the game, I know Mickey, you just beat it. Jiggy, you're you're close to the end. Have you guys beaten a Gleok yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because to me, the Gleoks are harder than Phantom Ganons. Uh, they are. I, yeah, I, I agree. Disagree. Gleoks are hard, man. I I, I haven't. Used, I never even beat a Lionel but by the time I beat the game. But I, were, I, I did kill a few Gleoks. They were hard until you get uh, the, the Kaisai's. The, the, oh the yeah, eyes make it well, yeah. so easy. The keys, the eyes do oh, make it the, easy. The yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah, the homing. It's just, it's just homing. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't use. You're not using those, Jiggy. No, I don't need aim assist. What do you think I am? I use bullet time. That's already aim assist. You know. Well, it's it's the, easier uh, when the Gleok is kind of flying around, I guess. But yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they they are. There's a different tier. You yeah, know? yeah. Like the ice one's the easiest. The fire one's mid, and then the the hardest one's electric. That one's the hardest because you need yeah, like wooden weapons. I, to I beat all of all of them. Yeah. You, you did you guys do Lionel? You beat all of them. Yes. You've beaten all the Gleoks? I've beaten all the Gleoks. Oh, I've geez. beaten like the majority okay, of the wow. uh, 
whatever that Lionel's, Lionel's yes I've been uh, so uh, okay. I've only seen one Lionel in the entire game I've there's only not seen one of them uh, there's not that many no, right the, 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 not compared to Breath no, of the Wild no yeah. there is a lot there's a lot in the text okay. too what okay uh, dude yeah I've, the, I'm serious I've I've almost seen, 500 hours the, in the game, but I've only the, seen one the, the, there, there is a Coliseum in the depths go find it it's actually really cool okay, it's okay. a really cool thing okay Say less, say less, Mickey. Say less. Um, sure, I'll go find. I'll find that. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, did Wait, we get? I, I have one more question about yes. that. Can I? Uh, uh, so, okay. Here's here's my question. We're going back to the gloom okay. hands. Yeah. What do you guys think is worse? Gloom hands or guardians? You know, guardians oh, from the great. Wild, which is big robots. You or know, gloom hands. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna I go with gloom hands. Really? I'm gonna go. I want to go with Gloom Hands because Gloom Hands have like a. Oh, you know what? I'm like the music is playing in my head with the Guardians, and I'm getting real freaked out. I'm getting like a lot of anxiety. <laughs> just my heart, my heartbeat has gone up. Um, but the Gloom Hands are just like scarier. Like they're just they grab yeah. all your friends and like they're tough. They take away your hearts. Guardians like those are also scary. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. But I'm gonna go with Gloom Hands. I think I'm gonna what go with Gloom Mickey? Hands as well. I I think just the really moment of year i got the first time i ran into him i i don't think there's anything that beat that with how terrified yeah. i was especially with what about, how what about, under are you prepared i was to fight it too are you team no, guardian the same way so i think i was i was team team Gu- guardians have scarier music in my opinion yeah but like the once you get a guardian down once you figure it out and then like if you have the master sword you cut through them yeah. like butter yeah so it's like the gloom hands. I still have not killed gloom hands without just spamming. Bomb I don't know how to. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know how to. But bomb hands. Well, bomb the master sword is the only helps a lot. How to kill it? The you're just a bomb arrow. You're just a bomb arrow guy, huh? Huh, Mickey? Um, I was I was too scared of him. I, I was too scared of him to try to problem solve it any other way. <laughs> uh, so we got. Wait, did we both get favorite moment out of the way? Oh, wait, uh, I, I, I just read it. I think my. I'm I'm gonna put like my probably my dumbest death in the entire game because I I was just cracking up with how stupid I was uh, doing this. So it, we were in the fire uh, the fire temple uh, and I we were about I was finding Goma, which getting Goma back into the game was also awesome. I think I think that was super cool. That was cool. But I was trying to I was trying to shoot it with a bomb arrow and I just exploded me. I'm like, what the fuck? Did just time and attack perfectly well with me, and then I I tried to shoot him with the bomb arrow again after my next respawn. I died again, and I was like, "Oh, my arrows are catching on fire, and it's blowing isn't up the from bomb." The first, isn't that from Breath of the Wild too? Do you, it wasn't that in Breath of the Wild I, as a thing, Mickey? You just forgot, I about, forgot that? about that. Yes, you can't use bomb arrows yeah. on Death Mountain in Breath of the I Wild. Compl- I yeah, yeah. Can't use bombs. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Dang. you can use the you can use the digital bombs. Yeah. You just can't use uh, bomb arrows. Good favorite moment. Good favorite moment. Um, okay, so just real quick, we'll just go through some nitpicks. I think we've talked about quite a bit of them, or just a few of them yeah. in in this episode. And honestly, to me, it was just those frame rate issues that popped up when when stuff would happen. Um, I saw some streamers do some stuff like try and you know really push the frame rate to the limit and what happens. And it's I don't know if it's like this jiggy in Breath of the Wild, but if you hit like a certain limit for the frame rate, it will immediately jump into like a blood moon animation to kind of save the game from crashing. Um, And I saw people do, I don't know if you saw that Mickey, but I saw some pretty interesting clips. People were just doing like uh, multi arrow splash stuff. 
um, like multi multi arrow bows with like a splash fruit to create like a bunch of splash animations and it would trigger a blood moon. Some people started actually using that to just trigger more blood moons to like farm more stuff. I thought that was pretty interesting. But frame rate, it was a little rough here and there, especially during some ultra hand building and just when the world would kind of do its thing and like get all animated with some of those abilities. But that was uh, that's my only nitpick I could really think of. What about what about you, Mickey? I think my biggest nitpick has to come to the narrative. Uh, more more so the scripting of how the uh like the sage line goes. Like every single time you go talk, you beat one of the bosses. Like you get the same flashback with an ancestor. You get the same the, the cutscene. Same, <laughs> the same exact cutscene. You get the except yeah. it uh, focuses on the specific uh ancestor that they're from, and then even the the current sages say the same exact line like secret stone demon king what <laughs> like every single time yeah. there's no mix <laughs> yeah. up to it whatsoever and also just like going into the temple they do the same exact lines like first it's like just a little like hum it's like wait what's that and then it's like come every single time and then yeah. come find me uh and whatever it's just the same exact voice and line. it's like i it's wonder like, what di- i wonder what disembodied voice it is yeah. this time it, 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 it was just <laughs> yeah. i've I was just wishing they mixed up the voice lines a little bit, just make it a little more unique to each character instead of just feeling like a rinse and repeat thing. That was probably my my biggest biggest, nit, yeah, biggest nitpick with it. Yeah, yeah. What, I feel what about you, you I know, I know why they no, because you can do. You know, I, like, I, they, I know why they did it, so you can do it in any order you want, and like it doesn't feel like it going out of order either. Uh, but mm-hmm. I still wish like they made it more personalized with each of the sages yeah mm-hmm. yeah my my nitpick actually kind of piggybacks on on that too where it's like i wish that the dungeons were just a little bit different than one another like yes they were very very visually and puzzle wise and everything very very different than one another but in reality it is you go to the dungeon and at least and unless the, the desert temple is very different which i don't know but uh you go to the temple and there's there's three it's just the divine yeah. beast again you know you have to go find the, the the keys to open the big door and then you open the big door and then something happens yeah. you know mm-hmm. like i wish that they had some sort of different almost like gimmick for each of the uh each of the the te- the temples per se yeah um, and then you're using other... the ability yeah whatever the ability yeah. the sage your key is, ability yeah. it is yeah yeah and then my only other real nitpick with the whole thing is just like the 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 story itself was really really good but if you did not talk to impa you would not know to follow the uh the the tears in a specific order i don't know if you all did that i did not do it in the correct order correctly. i did not do it in the correct order. i did i did in the you correct did, order. i did it correctly <laughs> but it was only because chat told me that i had to do it correctly because i heard like some people got the that went and did the dagger uh, memory first and that completely ruined the entire rest of the story for them because they just did it out of order. I actually you know? personally yeah. don't mind that as much. Like I, I like how like okay. there is okay. like uh an order to do them in, but I don't mind doing them out of order because one of the first ones I mm-hmm. uh first memories I got, I forget which of the judges because the, there's the one that uh the very first one you do with Imp- Impa, uh where you get up on that balloon. Uh I did that one. I forget which memory was that, but I think it's the very first one. And then after that I got the yeah, one the where one. 
uh sonia is already dead on the ground i'm like what the how did we get here? I need to find out more about this. <laughs> so I was like, just like spamming through all of them, just it's, like learning about the past. Yeah, I guess Breath of the Wild is kind of similar with the memories too, where you can do them in a different order, you know? Um, it's got its positive and its negatives in my opinion, because I, personally, I, I would like to see it a story play out a little bit more linearly, just because that's what I prefer. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I, I wasn't the biggest fan of memories in Breath of the Wild. I, I do feel like, it was nice to have a little bit more push for linearity with the storyline being revealed in Tears of the Kingdom over Breath of the Wild. But um, yeah, uh, the big moment comes like you still have to get that last tier and then like kind of the big moment still comes at a, at a good spot, I think. Um, but cool. OK, we got our we got our nitpicks out of the way. Um, I think, you know, that wraps up a lot of what we wanted to talk about. I think I said everything I wanted to say. Was there any last minute thoughts that we had? Jiggy, any anything you want to tell the people? Just about Tears of the Kingdom, or yeah, in general, yeah. Thoughts, yeah, for, thoughts mean, for the road, but also let's uh, we can talk about your stream a little bit too. Zelda, what sure. was it? Zelda, the one Zelda you're doing Thon on the fifth is a, that uh, it's the sixth. Yeah, the uh, Zelda Thon is a is coming up. I can I can give it a little, little feel. Yeah, we're doing uh we're doing a, a whole bunch of us about seventy creators. They're all getting together uh to play through the entire Legend of Zelda series. Uh, it's a five day event, 150 hours. Uh, nice. we have, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of different stuff. It starts June, uh, it starts July 16th or I'm sorry, July 6th, uh, benefits charity water. Uh, and that is, uh, that's going to be, you can, you can find out more at zeldathon.com. That's pretty nice. cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, yeah. Tears of the kingdom for me so far again, I haven't, I haven't finished it, but, uh, I never thought they would make another Zelda game that could crack like top breath of the wild for me. And tears really just just has, you know, I cannot wait to see what they what the next part is, whether it's DLC or a master mode or something. Uh, and I know Ooh. that I will be getting another seven years out of this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I cannot wait. And definitely I'll be I'll be uh, tuning into your stream to check out you playing through the ending of the game, because mm. uh, I think you'll like the ending. I think you'll like some of that final stuff. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, timeline wise, we, we didn't talk a lot about where. Oh we put yeah, the can we? Where is this? Where is this you Zelda game at? Yeah, where is it at? I have uh, no. This, do you know? Like, how much of the timeline do you know? I I know a little bit. I I know the general broad strokes of like three different timelines. Um, and I know all the heroes' names. One, I want to know where this timeline, where this is in the timeline, and two, what do we call this hero, this Link, officially? Because I don't I don't know what to call him. You got the hero of time, hero of the yeah. winds. Who's this guy? Yeah, the Breath of the Wild. He was called Hero of the Wild, so I, I don't know what he's called in this one. Um, but that I have a very big theory about this because everyone's just writing this game off as like Nintendo doesn't care about the timeline. They don't, you know, whatever. But this, I, I made a. Uh, I, I was talking about how Link is very much Marty McFly in the scenario, or or in reality, Zelda is Marty McFly in this in this story uh and again i haven't made it to the end so i don't really even know much but mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. this is just the, the the brand thing uh i very much look at uh tears of the kingdom as its own separate skew like a pair like a paradox effect where whatever zelda did going back in time going all the way back before skyward swords presumably or maybe directly after we don't really know where how far she went back um it just messed everything up. Like one thing <laughs> that 
really sets that apart for me is they don't talk about Calamity Ganon barely at all in this game. Yeah. Like they mention it. There's like a there's school, school yeah. system about it. Like a school. Yeah. Thing. They do talk but about like, it in school. They're saying but that that was like, a hundred, like over a hundred years ago. They were saying that. I'm like, what the hell? I thought this was like a couple years yeah. after. What the, like. This was like six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, later, technically, you know. So and that's just like they're saying that there's six years between the games. But like clearly whatever Zelda did to set this off made the that Breath of the Wild really just not as important or it was like kind of a thing. So I look at this like it's its own weird skewed timeline where we don't even know what was beforehand. But it is like the final one. I I did get anything. I I did get a little confused, though, because like. They they talk the the Zonai are kind of like a Hyrule origin story where like they came down from the heavens and did this this and I was like hang on are those the legend like are, has history kind of created the Zonai legend off of Skyward Sword like the events of Skyward Sword or are like the people in the islands of Skyward Sword the Zonai technically but they're clearly visually not well, is what is what you kind of pick up on right away and then also like how many years was it that Zelda actually traveled back in time because I saw something saying it was like 10,000 years prior to the events that's like how ancient the Zonai are but like that would place this basically within the timeline like both of the events are basically both at different ends of the timeline so I wasn't quite sure where it landed my second question what happened to all of the guardians and divine beasts did they just get yeah, dismantled right? instantaneously? Uh-huh. What happened? There's just like that's no trace I of really them. Think that what, that's why I just genuinely think that this is like a parallel world. Like what, uh, you know, where are they? Where are the divine beast? Why is it that the champions really don't matter? Mifa's like, oh, I, I don't know. I haven't been to the desert yet. But Mifa is like the only one that is even mentioned. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is interesting. I wonder where this one. There's no official word from Nintendo on this one, right? The no, no official statement. So we'll no. we'll get it when Hyrule Historia Volume Two comes out, and then we'll we'll kind of get a whole rehash of that one. So excited! Um, all right, Jiggy. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And um, where can people find you again? Just so we could watch you play that ending to uh, Tears of the Kingdom uh, this week, next yeah. week. When do you think you'll be beating it? Uh. Uh, I got. I have to beat it before July second, uh, so I or sixth. So I would say probably next week will be ending. Uh, like tonight. Tonight is uh, gimmicks, and then hopefully we'll get to the desert, and then we'll whatever is after it. Maybe not. I don't know. I I do have to. I do have to play wheel, and I do have to do more uh, minish cap as well. So if you like Zelda, you can come and hang out with me because. The, I've been branded a Zelda variety streamer now. I, I awesome. <laughs> I just stream awesome. Zelda. <laughs> really cool. And that's Jiggy dot live, right? Yes. Yeah. J Y G G Y and then dot L I V E. That's it. Jiggy dot live. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jiggy, once again for coming on today. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll catch you on Twitter or sorry, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, basically anywhere that we can find people. And uh, looking forward to uh, the Zelda thon and the Zelda wheel. A lot of Zelda. Yeah. All right. Yeah. A lot of Zelda. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank Jiggy. you. Hey, everybody. Lucas and Mickey here. This is a supplemental recording to talk about Tears of the Kingdom. We just wrapped up on our recording of Tears of the Kingdom episode with Jiggy. Uh, but Jiggy actually has not beaten Tears of the Kingdom yet at the time of recording. So me and Mickey did not want to spoil him with uh, end of story beats here. So here we are to talk about a little bit of that amongst ourselves. 
Mickey, what did you think of the final fight and the ending to Tears of the Kingdom? Well, so just going through the depths from Hyrule's Castle and like going through like a little part of it because I did explore all of the depths and then like there's like this little like basement area kind of thing in the depths, just like traversing through that. And then getting to like the big like swarm of monsters right before was honestly really cool. I really enjoyed this uh, those battles because there were quite a few of them throughout Hyrule. Yeah. Like when you go into like Luralin Village, like clearing all the pirates there, like it shows like as a boss health fight, but like it's just all the minions' health combined together, and just like you slowly beat them up, with that, and then you see the all the sages come in and help you because like shortly before that you lost your connection with the sage powers. You're like, uh oh. Yeah. Well, uh. You you figured that they're gonna come soon anyway, since they're uh, the the powers went away. But going through that, and then you finally get to Ganon, and which uh, is just him in his base form. Like, one one he transforms, and when he transforms, I was like, "Have you been able to do that the whole time? Were you just waiting for me to get here?" So you I know, just try to I know. Me? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, I but, um, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, okay. I was interrupted. Yeah, and then uh. You, you just see him in his base form, like, with his sword, and you see his health bar, and, like, with how fast it's depleting, like, we all know this isn't over the moment this health bar goes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I, I loved venturing down. So I actually went to the very bottom of the army of the Demon King. I went down there early just because, like, I was randomly exploring. Oh, like I went all the way okay. down. I went there after the first dungeon. So oh. I got down there, and then the only sage that was there that showed up was Tulin. Oh, he was just no. like, "Hey, I'm here!" And I was like, "Oh, this is I'm clearly supposed to have all the sages at this part." And then like I just got totally ran through by the army, and uh, I was like, "Okay, we'll, we'll go back there later." So yeah, I, actually, I, like, I uh, think it's pretty impossible to do the last part of the army with the Gyptos. Yeah, it is. It is very hard. Um, the thing that I did was I ended up uh, just basically building Zonai devices when I actually went there with all the sages, and it actually it was pretty simple. Um, there was I, I had to you know pack a lot of sundalions. I had to pack a lot of sun food and stuff. But ultimately, it was a really really fun fight, slightly challenging, but a really cool uh, presentation of a final Zelda boss phase that that we've never seen. By, by the way, uh, did you go uh, before you get into the Ganon's forces? Because you go back, because you end up going back to the place where you started off as, through, as yes. traversing through it. Very and then, cool. Like, and then I blew up the rocks that were blocking the rest of the relics. And then it shows like uh, Ganon taking on the sages. And then it shows Zelda eating the tear in the stone oh. tablets and her turning into a dragon. I was like, oh my God. So like wow. the fact that it was already there, like at the start of the story, shows like this, wow. this, this loop was supposed, this time loop was supposed to happen. Uh, in yeah. The there's a, there's timeline. a big, yeah. The time loop thing. It's like it already happened, but then it had to go back in time yes. and happen. Yeah. yeah. Big, big time loop energy going on here. Uh-huh. Um, what'd you think of the final Ganon, the first phase of the fight with Ganon? Uh, where it's just you and him mano a mano, dude. I fucking hate it when uh he 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 takes a spear out. I think the spear oh, is like the yeah. hard the hardest to like predict like how they're gonna swing, and it does it so quickly. So like the, the uh other than that, the other weapons like I can deal with pretty easily. And then like part two of the fight definitely got a little harder. And then when he spawned all of the versions of him, I was like, oh, this could be such a pain. But thankfully, the sages come and like they, they distract the clones of Ganon while you deal with that the was actual. Cool. Yeah, that, that, that was really cool. 
What'd you think of the health bar going oh well beyond? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I that, thought that, that was a little lame. I, I, I thought that was kind of whack. I, I, I didn't thought, like that. I, I actually liked it. I, I was like, okay. I'm like, wait, why is it still going up? Why is it still going up? Stop! It was a little silly. It was a little <laughs> silly. It looked, it, I get it. It, it, it just it, looked yeah. silly. It, it did look a little silly because like it's not it's not centered. It doesn't look uh, symmetrical at all. It just looks a little goofy. But I I, I liked it. I personally liked it, it. It was just a funny example where it was like the UI was the hype. Like the uh-huh. moment was UI based. It wasn't yes. like within the world. Yeah. It's not yeah. like Link that, that's saw his bar filling up. His yeah. health. It's not like Link the character saw Ganon's health bar filling up. I think. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was like off center and stuff. But it was it was scary. I guess it was scary enough. So that was cool. Um, what did you think of the dragon portion of the final fight with Ganon? Uh, I I wish it was a little more difficult. It was like Me very too. straightforward, like what you had to do. Like yeah. the the Ganon actually got me down to like he got me down to my last heart, and then I realized that like the more damage you take after you're gloomed away, he eats away all of your extra hearts. Yeah, that was. I was crazy, like, though. I was like, oh my, I need to finish this now. <laughs> like I cannot yeah. let him just like deplete my total health down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, now, you know what was sick? I sorry. I know we're on dragon phase right now, talking yeah. about that. But dude, when when he flurry rushes, like when he bullet times what? against geez, you, geez. I, that I, was, I was crazy. Like, I was like, no way. No, no one's dude. done this to me. <laughs> you can't yeah, do this to me. This is my what, thing. <laughs> what I what I really did appreciate with the final fight with Ganon was they actually did all the mechanics from the game that were sort of introduced throughout Breath of the Wild and Tears. They used them as like their final climactic version of that in mm-hmm. the fight. Like yeah. how throughout the, throughout tears of the kingdom, there was like portions of the game where you were like skydiving down and like either dodging, like in that one temple, you were dodging lasers yep. or you, you were going through like rings in the sky to do like a little bit of a challenge or whatever. And then the last thing you do when you're fighting dragon Ganon is like dodge fireballs while falling from the sky. Yeah, that, that is really cool. Yeah, I, 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 lo- I, I, I like I hit that. like a single time though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then the very very last thing you do, which is save Zelda at the like very end when you're skydiving down, that was cool because that was like one of the mechanics in the game was like skydiving down into water. So yeah. that's how the game ended, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I thought the ending was just pre- such a great presentation, like flying in the sky on the dragons, like defeating. I, I did think that it was a little too slow, like the dragon fight. Like, Ganon yeah. was such a big dragon. You kind of were like, there was moments of the fight where you were just gliding for like a minute and you're like, okay, getting closer. All right, here we go. And there's just like fire and wind and everything, but ultimately yeah, like, you're just holding I, I, forward. I, 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 I screwed it up the first time uh, trying to like get a directly above one of the weak points. And I was like, oh, this is taking a while. So I just like reset, like just hard reset it. Just had uh, the light dragon pick me back up and then go over. I just made sure I jumped off directly above it so I can just, I didn't have to glide through most of it. Yeah. So that sped it up a lot. Did you also see that it was a blood moon and you can see like stars in the sky? Uh huh. That was just so, such a good set. I thought it was as epic as it could be. And then after you hit all the weak points and then the target is the sacred stone in his forehead, like the background got even like redder. It was like so cool. Like, like it's showing like the fight's about to be over. Yeah. The visually, it, it looks stunning. 
Yeah, especially for the hardware, for the engine and everything. It was it was really, really fantastic. So, all right. Any, any other thoughts on the end of the game before we jump back into the episode? Uh, I sort of wish Zelda stayed a dragon. So, like, <laughs> yeah, the risk, like, didn't end up yeah, mattering. I, I, I feel like you should still deal with the consequences of your actions. And, like, you should have to, like, and I know it's for the greater good, but, like, you had to, you had to make a sacrifice. In order to do this, yeah. in order to be able to beat him, the own in, the internal logic of the world ended up not applying. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I, I think I agree with you there. Um, I don't think I have uh, anything else to say about the ending. I just thought, in terms of Zelda endings, it was truly up there. Um, yes, yes, it's probably my favorite final phase. Although there, I do have that nitpick about it being a little slow with the dragon portion. I thought it was visually the most epic it could have gotten uh, in pretty much any Zelda game. It it matches for me like Twilight Zone one-on-one Ganon fight when you're in the middle of the field and there's like lightning everywhere. Uh-huh. Just Zelda has always been so fantastic with its final fights. Like there, yes. no matter what generation we're in, no matter what the setting, it's like they just take it to that level. It always feels so, so satisfying. Awesome. Yeah, they really do. They really do. Actually, my second favorite, probably from like this, is probably my first favorite now. My second favorite is probably Wind Waker's final fight. I don't know if you remember that one. I did not play through Wind Waker. Oh, dude. Okay, the final fight in Wind Waker is is truly incredible. I'm probably gonna watch the YouTube video of it right after this. But <laughs> all right, everybody, this has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scooby Bop. Thanks for Playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle. 